Yo, 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 what's up everybody and welcome to the Tap Room Sports Podcast, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around, that's right because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host Jordan, stacks on stacks on stacks, lats, here as always for a year Mr. Big Ballin' Ben Larson. What's going on tonight, Ben? Episode 52. 52. One a week for a whole year. It feels good. It's been a long One time whole trip since, around uh, the sun. Yeah. It's been a long time since uh, I've had a, a hobby that <laughs> lasts that long. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, it's we're here. We had some, uh, I mean, decent sports this week. We really only had baseball and Olympics. But, uh ton of news flying around so i'm excited i've got some great beers i know you were messaging me that you had some special beers for the night so man totally excited how you doing i'm good man i'm good we've had a lot more than just baseball and olympics this week Ben. we had a you know ufc 265 last night we have nba summer league popping off now so we get to see these rookies in early action here. And if you're a hey, if you're a hoop head like myself, man, I've been glued to the TV all day watching Summer League, bro. Yeah. And I'm going on Wednesday and possibly Thursday too. I haven't decided nice. yet. Depends on if the wife lets me out of the house for two days like that. <laughs> uh, but you know, we out here, man. And like you said, there's been a lot of news. We had NFL preseason on Thursday, Ben. So yep. you know, we're getting into NFL season here. Yep. You know, it was a beautiful time, and, you know, for a year straight, again, we're drinking beautiful, beautiful craft breers from all around this fucking beautiful country. Yep. So why don't you tell people a little bit about the beer aspect, if they're new, and if you're not new, thank you for sticking around with us for a year. Hope you stick around with us for more years to come. Got it. But yeah, man, we this is a, two, this is a two-part podcast here. You got it. So we love our sports, but we love our beer just as much as we love sports. And really the craft beer has always been changing. So it's, it's good to get different beers. We do, we review two different beers per person per episode. And really our big point is we want you to get out there, go try beer, go, you know, check out your local breweries, your local bottle shops, and really just get an understanding of what's going on in the beer world. Cause I mean, even since we started a year ago, things have changed so much. Um, you know, popular beers have, you know, become either more popular or things have come out of the woodwork. And it is great to see my beer has candy in it. And I know we've had a couple of beers that, uh, you know, that have been, you know, worked with, you know, candy companies. And that's something that probably would have never even been thought up of um, even if just a few years ago in the beer game. So like I said earlier, we're going to, we're going to, going to review sorry we're going to review two beers per episode um and i've got a couple special ones today jordan i know has the special ones today because i mean you got to go big for 52 um so big yeah the podcast is sponsored by uh tavour so make sure to go to tavour tavour.com download the tavour app on your mobile device and use promo code taproom when signing up to get ten dollars off your first purchase of 25 dollars or more uh, in some cases, that's two craft beers, and really, these beers are on point. Love it, absolutely love it. So, what are your beers? Well, what's your first beer for the night? 
So first one, we're going to go off with, a, you know, a brewery that this podcast is familiar with. That's Great Notion Brewing Company out of Oregon, uh, Portland, Oregon, to be exact, right? Yep. They are out of Portland, right? Yeah. Yep. And this is the uh, Pink Lemonade Tart Ale with Meyer Lemon and Strawberry. So I'm going with a theme here, which is strawberry. You'll see with my next beer, too. Okay. Uh, but this one's at 5.5%. Uh, it's like your typical tart ale. If you've never drinking Great Notion Brewing Company before, they do very well at the sours. And specifically, these beers literally smell like what they say, like the blueberry muffin, for example. Like, Ben, you've had that one. You literally open that can. That motherfucker smells like a blueberry yep, muffin. Dude. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, this one, I opened the can, Ben, you were listening. I was like, holy shit, this really does smell like pink lemonade. Like, yep. that's crazy. A uh, couple sips in doesn't really taste like pink lemonade for obvious reasons, but you know, we're going to get to that at the end, Ben, what are you sipping nice. on tonight? So I, I had to do the same thing, go to a uh, kind of a go-to that we've had on the podcast. I mean, I know you've had it multiple times. Uh, this is my second time having this brewery and this is hoof hearted. Um, I think this was one of my, one of my first beers that I, uh, that I've reviewed was from Hoof Hearted, uh, but this is a collaboration. This one's with uh, Abomination Brewing Company. Uh, both of these are part of the 12% uh, distribution or, or beer group, um, and they're coming out of New Haven, uh, sorry, North Haven, Connecticut. Um, this is a an lot of beer, breweries companies out of there, Ben. There's a ton of different breweries breweries out of that um, that 12%. I mean, we talk about a few of them. Evil Twin is one of them. Uh, Equilibrium, mm-hmm. um, Hoof Hearted. Equilibrium, great brewing company too. Yep, Abomination, all of those. There's there's a ton of different breweries coming out of that, and you know what they're doing is great. They provide a you know a place for these smaller breweries to build beer that they can distribute out, and then they'll help them distribute. Um, that beer all throughout the United States. So um, great thing that they're doing there, getting those kind of smaller breweries a kickstart into the beer, big beer game. But um, so this is a sour IPA with vanilla bean, strawberry puree. So I guess I, I'm kind of going strawberry, you know, for part of mine tonight. Um, and then it also has strawberry power belts, which are the, uh, the strawberry candies, um, those like sour, long sour strings. Oh, um, yeah, dude. Fucking so, love those, bro. Yep. And then it also those has are my go to movie snack when I was a kid. Hell yeah. Oh, they're so good. Same with the, the rainbow ones, the green apple ones, like mm-hmm. quality. Yep. Quality. Um, it also has turmeric in it. I think this is the first beer that uh I've had turmeric, but yeah. that's interesting. I've never heard turmeric in a beer, and I don't think yep. I have not either. So I'm stoked about it. it. I've taken a sip, it tastes great. So what uh, right, so, gets at the end hell yeah man absolutely uh but we got a lot of sports to jump into today brother we got yep. um a lot to talk about here so we're about two-thirds of the way through major league baseball seasons we got to talk about major league baseball we got to talk about some nfl a lot of stuff going down on that tokyo olympics as i said before uh we got a lot of soccer we even talk soccer today and we don't really talk soccer ever so we're going to hop summer. into that, but first, let's talk Major League Baseball, because this is the dog days of summer, Ben. Yep. You know, we're really coming down to the wire here. We got some tight races, at least in the in the AL wild card. Um, AL East, NL East is getting pretty close, although 
the Rays are kind of running away with the AL East now that the Red Sox have been fucking sneaking up the joint. Mm-hmm. Which is funny, Ben, because I always tell you the Giants are going to come down to earth, and I felt the same way with the Red Sox all year. I said they're playing way above their head. They're going to come back to earth, and the Red Sox have come back to earth. The Giants continue to play well. Big series win in Milwaukee against the Brew Crew. Those were the two top NL teams. How confident do you feel as a Giants fan right now um, heading heading towards the playoffs? I mean, with our positioning, I think it's, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be getting a spot. There's no question about that. Guaranteed a playoff spot. Yeah. It would, it would take a drastic, you know, monumental major, yeah. Injuries, major pitching issues. Um, I would never let you live it down for the next 50 years of the Giants didn't make the playoffs. (laughs) I definitely know you wouldn't. Um, so like, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's at least a guarantee. Um, there were a couple things that I would have liked to see the Giants address in the, um, you know, at the trade deadline, pitching being one of them. Uh, we pitched up, we picked up a an old Giant from last year, um, you know, as a relief pitcher, but I just don't think that was enough, um, you know, especially with you know Cueto being really hit and miss. Um, I mean, you're you're guaranteed to you know to give up at least three runs, you know, while he's out there. Um, so you know, pitching, I know that will. Yeah, but you know, we'll drop down. Cueto's like your fourth or fifth starter, so he's not exactly. gonna see. He's not gonna pitch in the playoffs unless it's like out of the bullpen, most yeah. likely. So I don't think that's that big of an issue. I mean, the Giants, as much as you rag on their bullpen, dude, their bullpen's been pretty solid throughout the season. It has. I mean, they're what second overall in uh, sorry third overall in ERA. Um, yeah. Over on on the year, and really they're only point oh three back from Milwaukee, which is uh you know, which is in second place there. So, you know, it's, it's not devastating. Um, but I think that's the, the big area of improvement that they needed to address that they didn't, I'd love the pickup of, uh, Chris Bryant. I think that really was another need. Um, and they, they got a good bat. So good right-handed bat too. They need yeah, a right-handed bat. We definitely needed a right-handed bat. So I'm confident. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not over the moon. I, I mean, we all know how, how good LA is. Um, and you know, there's talk, do we want to drop down to second place? So we wouldn't have to face LA after, you know, after they play in a uh, wild card series. If Tatis is back, San Diego could put a run up for LA. I still don't think so, but you know, Um, if we're, you know, if we're in that second place then you know, we're going to be playing, Shoot, who would we be playing? Probably uh, You'd be playing at this point either the, the Reds or the um, – or the I'm sorry, either the Brewers or the Phillies. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely – I would love to see that – at least the Phillies. I don't think Atlanta can take out the Phillies. They're only two games behind, but – um, nah, and Freddie Freeman just went down too. So yeah, uh, so it's or he's day to day. I shouldn't say he went down, but yeah. I mean, the Mets are close too, only two and a half games back. But the Mets are on a downward trend, though. Yep, that's exactly. Uh, we don't know if Degrom's coming back. Uh, and the Mets fucking offensively are awful. Yep. I think the same thing of the Brewers, dude. That's really the Brewers' weakness. The Brewers are great pitching. 
great starting pitching. They might have the best top three in all of baseball. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you look how the Giants won this weekend, and that was late late inning heroics against their bullpen. Um, they and their bullpen is usually lights out, too, but they yep. didn't even throw their best reliever in the whole series. I don't understand why. Uh, that was that was mind-boggling to me, but I mean, the only thing with the Giants that I don't trust in a playoff series is that you're literally throwing out, you know, Gossman, Wood, and then whoever yeah. you want as your third starter, whether yeah. it's Webb or Cueto. And that's where I think that's why I don't like the Giants because their starting rotation it's pitching well, Ben, but they've been pitching over their heads all season. And it's like, how long are they going to be able to do that? Especially in a playoff position in the playoffs. Cause that's where everything is magnified, every ball and strike. Yep. And that's, and as an A's fan, like that worries me because we have a good rotation, but we have like a bunch of number two starters, in my opinion, with Chris mm-hmm. Bassett, Sean Manaya, and James Caprellian, who's a rookie and Caprellian has nasty stuff, but he's a rookie. And that, that worries me. Yeah. And then going up against a rotation like the Brewers or the Dodgers, like those two teams have legitimate fucking ace starters that have been doing this, dude. Brandon Woodruff, um, Corbin Burns for Milwaukee. And then for the Dodgers, I mean, you have Scherzer, who's won a World Series. You have Walker Buehler, who's won a World Series. So when yep. we talk about been there, done that, like – I just think that those teams have more. And then you look at a team like San Diego, who if 100% healthy, Tatis gets back, they have one of the best offenses. So do the Dodgers. And then the Brewers, who I picked to win the NL, remember in the beginning of the year, I picked them to win the NL. Because I thought that, you know, Yelich was going to bounce back and he hasn't. Like their offense just hella worries me. And I think that the Giants are there with the Brewers, in my opinion, and the Phillies, like they have a ton of wild cards, like what ifs, mm. you know what I mean? Yep. But I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility that they can't, you know, make a run in the playoffs because I think a lot of these teams, except for the Dodgers in the NL, are super flawed. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. And even the Dodgers are flawed. Their bullpen isn't that great. It's very questionable. So, mm-hmm. you know, that could be a a lot can happen, man. I'm excited for this. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good stretch. Man. Good stretch. But let's talk about individual awards. So we're about two two thirds of the of the way through the season. Um, so let's talk about who our award winners would be right now. We didn't talk about this around All Star break, and I'm glad we didn't because my opinion has changed on a lot of this since All Star break. Mm. So let's talk. Let's talk Rookie of the Year first. So who's your AL and NL Rookies of the Year right now? So these are tough. This was a lot harder, you know, than I thought when we were, when we were planning out this episode, this was a lot harder and looking into things. I, it took a lot more effort than I thought it was going to be. Um, but uh, for my AL rookie of the year, I'm going to go with uh, Randy Rosian Arena, uh, if I can pronounce his name um, out of Tampa Bay. And um yeah, I think second place up is going to be um, Adolis Garcia, who is currently the, you know, odds favorite. Uh, Adolis is plus two twenty-five. Uh, Rosarina is plus three thirty on this. Um, so, I mean, I'm looking at that also as great value. 
Um, but the big thing is is really looking at the you know their their stats, um, looking at the the downhill trend that Garcia is kind of going on right now. Uh, first half baseball, he you know he he hit at a 270 level, and in the 20 games since you know the All Star break, he's dropped down to a 164 batting average. Um, yeah. Looking at their schedule, it's tough. Um, you know you, you've got a ton of games. Um, you know, ton of games. Sorry, here. They gotta face the Astros a lot. Houston, the White Sox, New the York, again. Um, the A's. Uh, let's see. In August, again, a lot of games against you know Boston, Cleveland, Houston. Um, so they've got a really difficult schedule coming up. Where you look at the Rays, you know they're playing Miami, Detroit, uh, Toronto. Okay. Um, you know, Baltimore, I think they've got like eight games against Baltimore left and Baltimore pitching has been absolutely trash. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be a huge benefit for Rosarina, um, you know, coming up through the second half of the league and he's already doing better in the second half than he was um, in the first half. His splits are, are uncanny. First half, 82 games, he, uh, you know, hit 10 home runs. In 17 games, he's already hit six uh, in the second half here. Uh, batting average has gone up 251 to 354. So it could definitely be that he's hot right now. But, you know, that's uh, he's definitely trending in the right direction here. Yeah, I just don't think he's done it throughout the whole year. You know, I was looking at this, and my first an initial thought was Adalas Garcia. And we were talking about this last night, and you were like, I was like, you know who I'm going to go for for Ricky? And you're like, oh, James Caprillion, yeah, because he's on the A's. <laughs> yep. And honestly, I was actually looking at it, Ben, and I was like, damn, he actually has a he has a pretty solid argument. Um, he just doesn't have know, enough starts. He doesn't have enough starts, and I think that is the one thing against him. But he does, mm. he does have 14 starts, 78 innings pitched. Only given up 28 earned runs with his 3.22 ERA. And he's actually been, you know, one of the more consistent pitchers in that A's rotation, which has really held the team together. Mm. Um, you know, they haven't been good offensively since, you know, the middle of June, although they did break out the bats against the Rangers this weekend. Mm. Um, but, I mean, he has been a staple for a team that is, is on its way to make the playoffs. Yeah. He's been a big part of that reason. And he's one of their top three pitchers. He's going to get a rotation spot in the playoffs if, you know, they do win the wild card game and make an actual playoff. So I think there is an argument to be made. What's his odds at right now? Caprellian? Uh, uh, yeah. He is plus 4,000. Plus 4,000. I mean, that's not bad odds probably say Luis Garcia gets it over him because the Astros are like first in the league in pitching and he's been starting for them basically all season. But yeah. I don't yep. know, man. I'm going to go plus four forty four hundred James Caprelli. And I like those odds plus 4,000. So just 4,000. 4, yeah. Still that's a hundred bucks. You're making four grand off of that. Yeah. That is uh, oh, that's yeah. quite the bet right there. Um, I'm not going that far. I'm going to go plus three thirty. Uh, talking NL though, this is this is a really close race for me. Um, you so know, I think got, this one's a wrap. 
See, I, I was thinking the same thing, but then, you know, again, looking at the trends right now, you've got Trevor Roberts, uh, or sorry, Rogers out of um, Miami. Uh, he's sitting at minus 140. Then you've got Jonathan India out of Cincinnati. And uh, again, just on the right trend right now. Um, you look at Rogers, how he's, you know, handled battle, batters here in the second half of the year. And his batting averages against have skyrocketed from 2.204 to 0.288. Um, so batters are starting to see a little more of them. They're, they're understanding what he's, uh, you know, what he's pitching. His whip is still great um, at 1.08, but um, man, a lot of hits coming off him. A lot of hits. Um, so, you know, we could see, you know, we could see something, you know, boost, but I don't know. He just, he's coming off an injury. So he only has two starts, uh, minor injury, of course, but only has two starts in the second half of the year so far compared to his 18 in the first half. So, you know, depending on how, you know, how big that injury is, he could take a downhill, you know, downhill trend. Uh, Trevor Rogers has been doing this all year and he's been one of the best pitchers all season long, 2.45 ERA, 129 strikeouts, which is the most of all major league rookies. And is he's only allowing 212 against him, which ranks second in the NL and 1.13 whip, which is tied for third in the NL mm -hmm. among qualified pitchers. And he's a rookie. I think See, this I think is a, a lock. I think Trevor if, Rogers. if Cincinnati can boost up and go get into that, that top position in the division, I think that'll push Jonathan India into, into that, that position, that AL, could, um, sorry, that NL rookie here. It could, and that's not terrible logic. I just think Trevor Rogers has been doing this and he's top five in like every statistical category among pitchers in the NL and he's a rookie. I don't care that Miami is bad. Like, they're bad by design. They yeah. were they were unfortunately good last year, and that had to do with a shortened season. You know what I mean? Like, if the season was 162 games, I guarantee they wouldn't have made the playoffs. Yep. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, I personally, I just think this is a lock, Trevor Rogers. What you say about Jonathan India, I 100% agree with you. It very well could happen. I'd be shocked. Yeah. I mean, it would take Cincinnati getting past San Diego for that wild card position at two and a half games back. For Maybe, me, but that's... I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think. I mean, look how many times Mike Trout has won MVP, Ben, and the Angels don't make the playoffs. Like baseball writers don't really care about that; they just care sure. about the individual performance. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that too. Um, but I think that would push him over a team like. Miami, who's so far it back, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of an argument for sure. Like he's yeah. an important piece to a team that could potentially make the playoffs. So you could definitely use that for an argument. Yeah, I think I think this one's close enough that we have to wait until the end of the year. Fair. All right, let's move on to MVP. Who is your AL and NL and MVP? Let's start with AL first. Who's your AL MVP? I, you're not gonna like me for this one. I don't think there's even a question available for it. I don't think you bet anything else other than Shohei Otani. Um, it's the, 
yes, he's declining. Yes. He's, you know, he hasn't, he's only hit what, like two home runs since the, uh, and I guess three now since um, coming back from, you know, the all-star game, but he's the first pitcher batter that we've ever seen do this. Um, and since what Ruth um, is, mm-hmm. is what everybody's saying. So I, I think his, his clout right now, his story right now is going to be something that again, there's just, there's no question about it. He can suck for the rest of the year at minus yeah. 650. The closest is Vlad Guerrero Jr. Who's my number two at 550. I just, I don't see anything, anything happening there. It sucks. Cause you're right. Because everyone has that narrative and baseball has this narrative where it's like, Oh, you know, he, he's great pitcher and batter so at this point it's like if he does both average i feel like he's gonna yeah he's a favorite because of like the narrative and what baseball is trying to push with him like they push it all all all-star game long and you know we've been saying they need to do that you know he's something he's a unicorn and why not push a unicorn time player i don't think he is the mvp though he is significantly fallen off with the bat since all-star break um, teams have kind and, of really figured out his swing and on the hill. Well, okay. No, no, his, he's, he's still been better dominating. Pitching. Yeah. He's still dominating on the hill. Opponent batting average is still 174. It's even better than he was at the, uh, for the first half of the year. Yeah. The only, his only issue is that away from Anaheim, he fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. Like he's not good pitcher on the road. He's still a stuff and and that's the other thing is he doesn't pitch very many innings because he yep. doesn't last through five innings usually. He only has yeah. 86 innings pitched, which like wouldn't even qualify him for a Cy Young at this point. Yeah. And he's uh let's see on the road. Wow. On the road, he's got a four point five four ERA versus a one point seven nine at home. Yep. And then you look at the guy Yikes. like Marcus Simeon, dude. Mm-hmm. who he leads the league in war for position players other than Otani, but Otani gets a lift in war because he also pitches. Yeah. Otani's right? war is like, what, 12.6? No, 6.8. On career, 6.8. Yeah, 6.8 this year, yeah. And that's that goes to show you how average he is as a pitcher, too, because his war is only 1.2 higher than Simeon, and he also pitches – so he's basically that basically even says he's average at both. I know he has like a ton of home runs, but uh Simeon 5.6 war, and he's been a you know the Toronto Blue Jays have the second best run differential in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. A lot of their troubles have been pitching throughout the year, but their offense has really carried the loading. I know you said Vlad Guerrero also an excellent choice, but Marcus Simeon is really that engine that gets the Toronto Blue Jays offense going because he bats a leadoff. Mm. so i think that means a lot for a team too. uh top five in war like i said he's hitting 26 home runs 68 rbis 82 runs scored 121 hits on base of 337 ops of 865 yeah i think honestly like i i know he won't win mvp but i'd argue for him to be mvp all day yeah 
Yeah, he's uh, currently sitting sixth in uh, in odds, um, sitting at plus fifty five hundred, which is crazy. He should be at least third. They've got uh, so number one overall is Otani at minus six fifty. Then you got Vlad Guerrero at plus five fifty. Then it jumps to Rafael Devers at plus forty five hundred, Matt Olson at plus five thousand, and then Simeon at plus fifty five hundred. And then hey, the fucking man. cheater. My, my guy, Matt Olson, my guy, Matt Olson, make it top five, dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even better than five, he's sitting at four, your boy, Simeon's at five. And, but we also talked about this at the beginning of the year, like Simeon could be, you know, could be something special. We just didn't know from the way that he played last year. If you look at the previous year and the way that he played in the second half of the season in what, 2019, like yeah, but the thing with that, out. the thing with that though, Ben, is I, you know, I, I'd give you the Jag speech all the time, and that was my biggest worry about Semyon was that 2019. I was like, all right, is that an anomaly for him because mm-hmm. he was never that good? Yeah. And then 2020 happened, and I was like, okay, because you know, I, I wasn't hurt that we didn't re-sign him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I was the like, deal okay, that you guys like, gave him was trash. Yeah, but I mean, at the time, I wasn't too upset about it because I was like, all right, well, 2019, yeah, he was top five MVP voting, but then 2020, you know, he regressed significantly. Was that due to 60 games or did that actually prove that 2019 was an anomaly? Yeah. I felt at the time 2019 was an anomaly. Obviously, now he's definitely proved me wrong, and I wish we re-signed him. Hindsight's always 2020, though. Yep. But he definitely deserves, you know, some votes for MVP, though, for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's right. move on to NL MVP. Who's your NL MVP? A crapshoot for me because it really depends on Fernando Tatis's shoulder. And if he is going to be in a position to play, you know, a significant amount of games down the, you know, down the stretch here. You know, he he did practice what today and yesterday. So he's at least out on the field. He's uh, he's moving around, not at game speed yet, but I mean, it's just one odd slide, odd catch from, you know, diving for a ball that's going to put him back on the IL. And, you know, with the, the race as kind of tight as it is in the NL MVP, I mean, uh, he, he should be the ML, the, the MVP, because this is who baseball wants. This is who fans want. Like this is the new face of baseball. It's it's a fucking great player with a personality, which we don't have in baseball right now. You've got you know fucking cardboard box, um, you know Mike Trout out there, who nobody cares about his personality, and that's who we need. We need some fun in baseball. Um, so if Tatis stays healthy, he's got it. I don't think there's really a question there. But if not. I mean, I just want anybody but Harper. I'll take Costianos at uh, plus 5,000. I'll take Matt Muncy at plus 500. But I just don't want a fucking Chad. And that's what you get with Bryce Harper. <laughs> I don't think Harper is going to win. Uh, I think, honestly... Harper's second right now, plus 450. I know he, he could be second, but I think, you know, Tatis really wouldn't have to play the rest of the year because, I, I mean, dude, he leads the NL in stolen bases. Right. He leads the NL in home runs. He leads the NL in war. I mean, he leads the NL in like everything. So, but if he is think, out a third to a half of the year, I think okay, that's like, if he was the out the rest of the year, then sure, he might lose. But 
that's what it would take for him to lose the NL MVP at this point. Yeah. And like you said, he's a media darling too. Mm-hmm. So that adds to it. Huge, huge, you know, aspect of it. Um, so is he... Bryce Harper though. Bryce Harper is a media darling too. So Chad. Um, <laughs> who do you have if Tatis doesn't play anymore? I mean, I would probably lean Bryce Harper. I would also throw a guy like Brandon Crawford in there. Um, you know, he's had an incredible year, best year he's ever had. I would also say Buster Posey would be up there for me. Crawford for what is, he's sorry. Go sorry, ahead sorry. with Crawford's odds. Crawford's 10th, sitting at 10th at plus 7,000. Posey is 13th at plus 10,000. See, like, that's crazy to me. They're on the team with the best record. Crawford is having a career year. He was one of the best players in the first half of baseball. I mean, in the first half, he was hitting like 320. I know he's kind of tailed off after he got injured a little bit in um, he's coming after the All Star break. Yeah, yep. he's, he had a great series. I mean, Chris that's, that's is what... also sitting there at plus 10,000 with Posey. <sighs> yeah, I wouldn't take I wouldn't Chris take Bryant. That yeah. Um, I mean, I think Brandon Crawford is great value at plus 7,000. Yeah. I mean, you look at who's above him. Uh, Juan Soto, who's, you know, I, I'd oh, say. I love Juan better, Soto. Better, better, but, I mean, uh, same thing. Ever since the All-Star break, just has not produced even close to what he was doing in that first half. Um, you've well, got he was Machado. hurt for a little bit, too. Yeah, you've got Machado. You've got uh, Castellanos on Cincy, who's... Oh, Castellanos is good, too. Yeah, he's at plus 5,000. Um, DeGrom is still up there at plus 4,500. Um, but I think he's just going to deteriorate as, you know, it, it continues well, that he's just injured and, and goes down the hill. That's why I said I'm glad we didn't do this at the All-Star break. Because at the yeah. All-Star break, I would have said DeGrom is your NL MVP and your NL Cy Young. Yeah. Like, there wouldn't have been a debate. But the fact he got hurt now, it's opened the door yep. in both categories, right? NL Cy Young and NL MVP. So that's where I think things get interesting. Although Tatis was my next favorite NL MVP all along. Yeah. But you're right. Um, if he's out the rest of the year, things are different. Acuna as well. He was up Acuna. there. Um, you know, Freddie Freeman now, depending on how big his, you know, injury is. As of today, he was plus 800. Um, sitting at fifth you've got matt monks matt muncie and trey turner sitting at third and fourth plus 500 for muncie and plus 700 for turner see now the turner's with a different team though i i wouldn't even consider him unless he like has a remarkable second half of the year with yeah um with the dodgers with the dodgers i just don't think he's there so i think Crawford plus seven thousand is phenomenal value dude yeah yeah definitely uh same with post uh, buster he's getting yeah. he's on the way out They're not on the way out though but he's getting old i don't he's gonna play you know I, to be honest at this point i hope nl goes to the designated hitter because you know he can get some more you know more years in but dude he's only like 34 years old 34 but giants have two young yeah, yeah, they, they do, do have two great young catcher prospects. Yeah. yeah. So All right, let's move on to Cy Young, Ben. Yep. And MVP, I think we're both in agreement on it's Tatis unless something drastic happens. Yep. All right. AL Cy Young, who do you have? Ooh. 
taking shock here. I'm going Lance Lynn. Um, his his numbers are just you know great for you know the the AL. It kind of looks like he's you know he's got the lowest ERA at 2.07. He's got and that's not close for the second you know AL race. Um, you know he's he's top ten in innings and strikeouts. He's like he's just he's running things right now in a tight you know a, a tight al i think the next closest that i would put my money on would have been and this is the same thing that we talked about with you know Degrom. it would have been cold but ever since the whole stickum situation i mean look how he has just absolutely dropped down um yeah. so he probably would have won if it wasn't for that shit yep You've got Rodon um, out of Chicago as well, but he just got injured. So who knows how that's going to affect him in the second half of the year. Um, So that puts my second at Robbie Ray at plus 3,000. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going Lance. I'm going Lance Lynn here. Career Jag, by the way. (laughs) Another incredible. I mean, he did have a couple of good years in in, uh, St. Louis, but he's basically been like, an average level pitcher his entire career. But, I mean, he's having a phenomenal year. Two ERA and 114.2 innings pitched. Yep. Some pretty incredible stuff. FIP of three. I mean, I don't even think there's a debate for – I don't even think there's a debate for anybody else in the AL, to be honest. Well, pretty sticky, Garrett Cole. But, I mean – Yeah, not anymore, dude. Yeah, I mean – the only person who's got more strikeouts per nine is that Robbie Ray. Um, you know, but that's not even significant. That's only 0. 0.8, 0. 0.8 more. Um, you know, only allowing 10 homers is 10 homers and 85 hits in his 114. That's pretty incredible. It's insane. It's like four, I think it was like 4.5 hits per nine. Yeah. Um, nice. which is He's having a phenomenal year, dude. Lights out. Yep. Phenomenal year. All right, so who do you have for your NL Cy Young? Uh, NL Cy Young. Um, this is a this is a little bit different here. I'm gonna go with uh, Freddie Peralta. Um, gets great money value here uh, at plus twenty five hundred. Um, and I mean, just same thing with uh, with Lance Lynn. He's not the best pitcher ERA wise, but I mean, he's just been lights out. He's a he's a two point two one ERA. The best is Walker Brewer at two point one six. Um, you know, eight and three in 20 starts, only allowing 53 hits in 114 innings pitch. It's 28 earned runs, um, only 10 homers. The only thing that is his kind of weakness is he does walk a lot of players. He's got 49 walks compared to Bueller's 34. Um, so that's his, his big, you know, issue there. But when you're striking out 12.2, you know, players per nine, that's pretty significant. And you look at, uh, you know, you look at the teams that he's going to be facing, you know, coming, uh, you know, coming throughout the, uh, the rest of the year. And Milwaukee has a great, a great, you know, situation for their last two months. They've got a ton of game against the, the Chicago Cubs, against St. Louis, against Washington, um, it, against pittsburgh and it's the mets 
like he has a, an opportunity to keep that ERA low, um, you know, better than what, uh, what um, Bueller's got when he's going against San Diego, he's going against, um, you know, San Francisco a lot. Uh, who else does LA have? Uh, no matter they, Bueller's like been unhittable against the giants in his career dog in Colorado. Yeah. But there's again, they're going to have, they're going to have some situations where they get hits off and they get runs off of them. Um, you know, there's been a lot of runs within Dodgers games. A lot of them, yeah, coming through in the, you know, the final three or not so against innings. Bueller, but... though, 2.13 year races, not many runs True. scored on Bueller. True. But I, again, the, the strength of schedule, I think, leans Milwaukee here. I mean, yeah, for sure. They play in the easier division. However, yeah. Walker Bueller, he plays for the best team. Um, and he's their best pitcher, hands down. 2.13 ERA. I mean, that's incredible stuff. He doesn't Absolutely. allow many runs at all. And he he's dude, like Peralta, great pitcher. I get it. And that's you you make a solid argument for Peralta. It's just, I think, in the market that Walker Bueller plays in for the Dodgers in Los Angeles, he's an ace for that team. This team has been very inconsistent all season long, but you know who hasn't been inconsistent? Walker fucking Bueller. Bueller. Yeah. He's not even the favorite right now either. Bueller. Surprising. Zach I know. Wheeler is your favorite. Plus well, Zach Wheeler's had a great year too. Yeah, and the Phillies are in first place, rightfully so. He deserves it. Uh, former San Francisco Giant, by the way. Yep. The Phillies have a tough, uh, tough schedule as well. I looked at that. You know, they do have a you know a bunch of games against Baltimore, Pittsburgh. You remember but, who uh, the Giants traded Zach Wheeler for? I don't. Carlos Beltran. Oh Jesus. Oh, well, I mean, he did help us uh, get a ring, so. No, he didn't. That was post. Uh, that was uh, a our, our titles. No, nah, because remember y'all went, y'all went 2010, 12, and fourteen. I think the yeah. I think the Beltron trade was was either eleven or thirteen. It was the year y'all didn't make the playoffs, but y'all traded for him to make a run, and y'all didn't make it because never seen a team get lucky three years in a row like the Giants did. But fuck, dude, that's like God's team, man. They get lucky like crazy. Just trying to see if he's got. Uh, where he's if he did get uh, any World Series with the Giants. Uh, Beltron never he won a World Series with the with the Astros. That's his only World Series he won. Here, I'll tell you right now. He played for the Giants in 2011. That was the year y'all didn't make the playoffs. Only 2011? Yeah, he only played with you guys for like two months, too. Okay. And then he signed with the Yankees in the offseason. Uh, okay. Gotcha. I'm like a fucking sports encyclopedia, man. You're a good uh, Google searcher. <clears throat> World Series was uh, 2017. That's why I said with the Astros. Hmm? I need that without Google. I'm a good Google searcher as well. 
All right, so who do you got for your NL Cy Young, dog? Freddie Peralta. All right, I'm going to Walker Bueller plus 285. Yep. All right, let's move on to uh, some NFL. We got some NFL to talk about. So first thing I want to talk about today, Ben, is the situation with Kirk Cousins. So Kirk Cousins, uh, he misses four practices, 10 days worth of time because of close contact due to COVID protocols. If he was vaccinated and he had close contact and tested negative that one day he would have been back on the practice field so we know he's unvaccinated he was asked about this a few times during a press conference and he said that basically his vaccination status is him and his family's decision alone Mm kind of want to leave everything out of it fair totally fair absolutely fair yep but my question to you, is this going to pose a bigger issue moving forward? Because right now we're in training camp, albeit, you know, we move forward to regular season and an unvaccinated player, if he's very important to the team, misses yep. 10 days and they're in a playoff hunt, or even if they're in the playoffs and he misses 10 days, has to miss the game because he's unvaccinated due to That's close contact. Potential two games. Potential two games. So, do you think this is going to play an issue in locker rooms moving forward, Ben? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely going to play an issue. And it's, you know, it's something that, again, I understand him not wanting to get vaccinated. I don't understand any reasoning behind it because I don't see, you know, unless he's got some major health issue, then that is going to be affected by getting this vaccine. I don't see why he won't do it. Um, if there is a health issue that we don't know about, uh, again, that makes it a little bit more understandable. But I mean, especially with the way that that if you don't have a suitable team, you're you're taking an L. Um, you know, and and not only that, but you know, if you don't have a starting quarterback in a tough division in a you know a tough schedule like they have, it's. I mean, it's almost a guaranteed L, Um, you know, unless you're in one of your few games that, you know, you can get by, but, you know, with the way it's the, uh, you know, the way he's set up, I don't think, I don't think their team can win without him. The Vikings? Yeah. No, I think they could. Who's their backup right now? Kellen Mond. I don't think it matters about who their backup is because their their team is going to rely on running the football with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, but if you don't have a quality, if you don't have a quality quarterback, then then you can put all of the pressure on Dalvin Cook. And when he's yeah, but, your I mean, only, you know, your only threat, especially yeah, with Jefferson, how much how much better is Kirk Cousins in a backup quarterback? I mean, yeah, he's better, but how much better? Better um, than Mond who we haven't even seen take a snap. But Mond is their quarterback of the future. Like, that's who they're betting on. I mean, I guess when you're comparing it to Kirk Cousins, that's not... That's what I'm saying. That's but, what I'm saying. But even then, if, if I'm a defensive coordinator against, you know, the Vikings, and I know that they have a rookie QB who has never seen any time in the NFL before, I'm putting all of my... I'm putting everything on that run defense. And... If you get a random catch here and there, that's not going to hurt me as much as Dalvin Cook can. And 
It's like, I know Thielen can do big things. Uh, Jefferson, as long as his knee injury, Achilles strain that he just had this week, um, as long as that's not bad, then, you know, yes, they can make a catch, but it's got to be close. It's got to be within five to 10 yards. And I think the interesting thing, Ben, and you said this to me last night, you were like, he got cut by his hospital uh, sponsorship. And I was like, that's crazy. And then I actually I listened to the inter- the the entire press conference. And this guy literally said, I'm doing my own research on the vaccine. Oh, like, yeah. Bro, you're sponsored by a hospital and you can't reach out to medical professionals. Like, what kind yeah. of research are you doing on your own? You think Kirk Cousins is sitting there in a lab and fucking testing <laughs> the vaccine and shit? Like, what kind of research is this motherfucker doing, dude? It's yeah. crazy. Um, and I think it's this is another instance of the vaccine being politicized when it shouldn't. This is a medical issue. It's not a political issue. And I feel like Kirk Cousins is like, you know, I feel like getting the vaccine and telling people you got the vaccine or whatever, it pushes you towards one spectrum of the political spectrum. If you got the vaccine, you're pushing yourself left. If you didn't get the vaccine, you stand against it. You're pushing yourself more towards the right. Um, But I'm in agreement with you, dude. Like, at this point, you know, this guy's talking about putting plexiglass up in their quarterback yeah. rooms just so he doesn't have to he get the vaccine yeah. because he is researching it on his own. Mm-hmm. The guy sponsored by a fucking hospital with yep. medical professionals. People have done this shit their entire fucking lives, their entire yep. professional lives. get paid millions of dollars to do this shit. And this fucking guy wants to sit there and put plexiglass between him and his teammates because well, he doesn't want to get a vaccine. Yeah. Well, and, and another thing, big thing that, you know, I was, I was looking at this with the, the memo that was sent out, uh, what, two weeks ago by the NFL, where it listed that if you can't make up your game within this time, you, you forfeit. And what else is forfeited is the player's salary. So you know, he's letting his teammates down. Yeah. He, it, there, he doesn't, he has enough money that it doesn't affect him, but he's not looking at the 17% you know, the, the, of their payroll. Exactly. He's not looking at the, you know, the rookies, the, the guys who literally live paycheck to paycheck. Granted, those are big paychecks and big they're, paychecks. they're spending money, but yeah. you know, those, those players who don't have millions of dollars saved up and where a game check can mean something to them. Mm-hmm. And yep. he's basically just saying, fuck you. I don't care. I don't care enough. So hundred percent agree, dude. Yep. And, and, but I think, they, and is I, he the only I, one? No, no. He's just the one that's in the spotlight right now. There are yeah. a ton of players that haven't gotten. Well, not a ton of players, but there's there's a significant amount of players that haven't gotten the vaccine, and they're putting their team at risk. And you know, again, close contact. If it happens on a Friday or a Saturday, they're not playing because you know even if they're vaccinated they have to have two tests within 24 hours as positive and if they don't have those tests they're not playing you mean negative i'm sorry negative yeah yeah, yeah. sorry two tests yeah. 24 hours apart that are negative so if it happens on a saturday it happens on a wednesday before a thursday game they're you know, fucked they're fucked even if they have the vaccine yeah so uh, it's it's selfish to me and I'd be pissed if I was sitting on that team. 100%. 100%. 100%. 
before we move on, I got to ask you, so these reports, I got, we got to talk about this. These reports came out about Joe Burrow um, hasn't really looked at like himself, you know, people in attendance at the Bengals practices, because now the press is allowed. Uh, they said he has not looked good, like a shell of himself. Are you worried for Joe Burrow right now? <sighs> not necessarily worried for Burrow. I'm worried for the Bengals because they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be a few weeks behind every other team. Um, you know, he's, he did have a better practice today uh, or sorry, yesterday, Saturday, um, where he did hit a couple passes. he made a couple drives down the field, but when one of the defensive players hit him, when they, he wasn't supposed to hit him, it, he regressed um, and it got him kind of spooked a little bit. So, yeah. I mean, if we're now, what, four weeks away from the season, he hasn't taken a hit. He's not going to be take, playing any of those preseason games. Um, you know, he's going to be, again, just a little uncertain in yep. the backfield. And I'm sorry, the Bengals didn't do anything to address that, that line. They got the lineman in the second round. That's right. They did. Um, but the way that that uh, well, I, from what I've been reading is that line is not doing good right now, um, you know, in their their offseason training camps. So I'm worried about that. I'm definitely worried about their line um, and how comfortable he's going to be planting, twisting, um, getting hit down low. Um, it's going to happen. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think um, I think it's a little worrisome because I've seen this happen with quarterbacks before. RG three being one of them, the yep. last one. You know, he got injured his rookie year, and he was never the same. And I mean, that guy was dynamic. He led the Redskins, or then the Redskins, now the Washington Football Team. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. he led them to the playoffs his rookie year because he was that dynamic. Got hurt and was never the same. Um, so I do worry about that the physical, I mean, I'm sorry, the mental side of it yep. for Burrow, you know what I mean? Like he might not ever take to the contact ever again, or he might be so scared of getting hit. He might throw balls a little early now. Uh, so I am worried about that moving forward. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mentioned it on APR. I said, if I was the Bengals, I would even think about not even playing Burrow this year. You know what I mean? Like just kind of, let him go at his own pace and really rehab that knee and get back to a hundred percent mentally and physically. Yeah. And I think that them kind of rushing it back and he might be to blame too. I'm sure he wants to get on the field as soon as possible, but there's no need to rush this dude. Yeah. The Bengals aren't going to be good with him anyways this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, from what you were saying about it being a mental thing, I mean, he, he had an interview with Jay Morrison and, you know, this is, this is his quotes right now. It's a mental thing. I'm facing top level competition, which, uh, their defense, I don't think is top level competition, um, especially <laughs> in training camp. Um, but in a few days, I'll be back to my old self, the frustration level it's up there. Um, you know, I can guarantee my expectations of myself are higher than everyone else's. If we get close, close to game one, and this is, still, uh, and this is still going on, maybe that's time to hit the panic button. But what that means to me is he has the panic button in sight and it's, it's in his head. 
And that is something that, you know, I can see as being a mental setback for him getting in there. So it's, I mean, we're close to the season and he's not, he's not getting hit yet. Yeah. So I'm worried. I, I changed my stance. I'm a little worried for him. <laughs> now, now we're a little worried. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. All right. We're going to take a quick break, get a message from one of our Taproom Sports affiliates, and we're going to be right back. We got some Olympics to talk about. We got Deshaun Watson to talk about, uh, some soccer to talk about, and some NBA. Yep. We will be right back. Stay locked in. Stay loaded. Be right back. It's NFL season, and that means it's time to gamble on football. Don't worry about spending endless nights researching games. We've got you covered. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson. And I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. And I'm Steady, Eddie Martin, and we are the APR Podcast. Join us every Thursday morning as we dive in and handicap every game of the upcoming week. Impress your friends and family with your newfound knowledge of NFL football. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see y'all there. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. All right, well, we are back. Make sure to go check out APR. It's going to be a good one this week. And it is time to get back to beer. I'm super excited because uh, I've gotten something special. I see, uh, I see the title of your beer, and uh, damn, this looks good. So why don't you tell everybody what you've got uh, going for beer number two? Yeah, man, I've been looking forward to this one. I said I was going to do a double IPA on Square Sharks this week, and I was like, nah, I'm going to save it for a yep. tap room so this is it so this one's from omnipolo which is a very interesting type of brewery so they're like a bunch of brewers uh collective mm-hmm. kind of and basically all their beers are like collaboration beers with other type breweries so, so this one's actually in collaboration with 12 percent out of north oh. haven connecticut oh yeah <laughs> another yep. one yeah yeah and uh, this is the ice creamy white chocolate strawberry. So it's a double IPA, which is brewed with cocoa nibs, white chocolate, strawberry, and lactose sugar. So Ben cannot have this one. Damn it. Uh, and this is like, I've never had a double IPA that's like brewed like this. So I'm very, very interested to try this. Very much looking forward to this. I've been savoring this for a week now sitting on it salivating over it then so, so i'm gonna give a i'm gonna give it a review after you know later on and we're gonna see how good this one is i think it costs like 15 bucks too so damn i'm i'm really kind of bummed because i have a double ipa um that is very similar to uh to your beer um it is a uh strawberry donut um and it's made by evil twin Ooh. uh Ooh. it doesn't have any lactose in it which i'm stoked about um, but it's coming in at 12%. So I figured after, you know, after a strong beer in my first one, which was a 8.5, I probably shouldn't have a 12 percenter. Um, no, I do want to hear your review on that though. Yeah. So um, I wish I had done that one, but, uh, but that's okay. Cause I have got, I mean, something that we consider special, uh, something that's very West coast limited. Um, uh, Jordan, you've reviewed this. You gave this a five. Um, I've had this before. I already know my, you know, my number there. Um, and this is a double IPA. Uh, this is coming out of Santa Rosa. 
and this is a Russian River Brewing Company. This is Pliny the Elder. Um, it is. Uh, you told me you had some, uh, you know, some special beers for tonight. So I literally dropped everything and went out and got a, a special beer. And I've got my places where I can get it. It's always on hand. Um, my normal place that I go, which is close, didn't have it. They were actually sold out. But uh, and the the third place I went to, you know, had it. So I was able to get a couple bottles. I picked up a few just to sit in the uh, in the beer fridge. But uh, so Pliny, um, okay. I did some back search on this, and it's actually pretty cool. It, it started in 2000, so it's been around for you know 21 years now, and um, it was for a, a a festival that was a double IPA festival in Russian River. Um, you know the brewer didn't hasn't hadn't done a double IPA before. Um, he made a double IPA at the Blind Pig Brewing Company, which is one of their IPAs that they have is called the Blind Pig at Russian River, um, but nothing that was specifically at Russian River. So they came up with Pliny the Elder. Um, they named it after Pliny because um, he, he was a scholar and he found something called lupus selectaris, um, which is known as hops. Um, and he did you know, studying of this botanical. And, um, you know, so, so that's how they got the Pliny the Elder name. They also have Pliny the Younger, which is a much more difficult, you know, beer to find. You can only get that up at Russian Rivers uh, tap room, but um, it's quality. It's coming in at 8%. Oh, so uh, yeah, two, yeah. two big beers for the night, but uh, had to, had to do this. For, yeah. you do. for those, I mean, I, I've done Pliny on the show and y'all definitely have if you listen to this podcast you've definitely heard about russian river brewing company and you've probably definitely heard pliny the elder i mean this is one of the most phenomenal beers in it's the craft brewing rank, industry it's what we rank ipas off of yep literally like and it's a double yeah pliny the elder is the standard you know what i yep. mean it's like the michael jordan of beers damn straight and you judge everything off of it yep but let's hop into the five-minute clinic. This is a segment where Ben and I spend five minutes on. It's usually a topic we don't really talk about on the rest of the show. So with the Olympic ceremonies, you know, coming, winding down, coming to an end, we had to talk about the Olympics. We haven't done much Olympic talk throughout this. And that's kind of why I really wanted to bring this up, Ben, because the Olympics have kind of gone, uh, you know, under the wayside, sort yep. of say. You know, they haven't been talked about that much it's been kind of in the you know the backdrop of things recently you know why do you think that is i think it was just a boring olympics because of of the fans not being allowed there um i, I think that was a huge mistake for them to continue on when tokyo was in you know the the state that they are i'm surprised that we didn't get or at least we didn't hear of a bunch of um you know players during the competition being forced to not participate because of COVID. i'm sure there were but um you know it, it was you know it was at least not talked about too much within the uh, the commentary there um but it just there it, it kind of surprised me how this is becoming more of a world event instead of four or five countries overpowering everything. I mean, I think the 
the biggest thing is like first of all ratings are down like 52 percent this year at least in america i don't know about the rest of the world but america is down about 52 percent and people are wondering why i think it's going to take some time to actually understand why i definitely think i think there's multitude of reasons i definitely think that the fans not being there is a huge reason for it because a you don't get that social media aspect from like you know millions of people thousands hundreds of thousands of people in attendance posting about it Mm -hmm. right um and also it's just like it's 13 hours ahead in tokyo so in america we wake up at seven in the morning and we already know what happened yep during the day and then nbc shows it later on at night we've been hearing about it for the entire day like with the Simone Biles thing, for example, yeah. when she dropped out, we heard about it in the morning and then we watched it later on in the evening. So we already kind of know everything that's happening. I think M- NBC also did a shitty fucking job with the Peacock thing mm-hmm. uh, because they it wasn't easy to access the Olympics unless yeah. you had the Peacock app. And most people, especially that watch NBC, you know, like, for example, if my grandma is still alive. You know, she she wouldn't have known how to operate an app mm-hmm. or known to go there, but she's gonna watch NBC every night when the Olympics are on. Yep. So I think they're losing their casual viewer, which is a majority of of people, right? Yeah. I think that was a huge a huge miss, and this number also doesn't include streaming. So, you know, streaming numbers could be a lot higher. I mean, they lost fifty two percent in ratings, though. The streaming make up for fifty two percent, maybe. No but no that's bad i think you uh, i think you hit it right on the head with the it being so far in advance us finding out so far advance of um you know what happened i mean i woke up to you know six or seven espn alerts telling me exactly what happened and who meddled um and then it's just like okay well now it doesn't i know this guy's gonna win so i don't have to watch it and and that that honestly is like a microcosm of everything that's wrong with with uh you know media nowadays i shouldn't say necessarily social media but that's a huge reason why it's second by second yeah right because someone in that's in tokyo could be tweeting out this is what happens right Mm -hmm. so espn and mainstream media outlets have to capitalize on that but they don't show it in real time unless it was basketball basically that was like the only thing they showed live and it was on the peacock app and soccer which us women's didn't do well in which was surprising and that was a shock to me um i know we're getting close to our five minutes what was the what was the best sport best uh, event um i mean come one or two come on what what do you think my answer is going to be well basketball but yes surprising basketball was not as good as it was in previous years oh it was great dominance yeah that that was the best part about it is that you know, okay, what US what not your favorite sport were you surprised about? Skateboarding. Nigel Houston didn't get the gold medal in street skate. He's the best street skater in the world, number one ranked skater in the world. I was absolutely shocked that he didn't even medal, let alone win the gold medal. Yep. Um, so that was the biggest surprise for me. And I love that skateboarding's in the Olympics, bro. Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, I gotta say mine was um handball. I don't uh, understand how I was so enthralled and made sure that I watched handball. Um, 
And then the other thing that I was surprised about was fencing. Um, I, it wasn't something I went out of the way, but when I saw it on my, you know, list of what's on, um, you know, watching fucking Comcast, um, if fencing was on, I, I definitely, well, and handball wasn't, I went and went and watched fencing. That shit was fun. Yeah. Fencing's dope. Yep. You should join fencing, but I could see you as a fencer, dog. You look like a fencer. I don't know about that, but it'd be fun. You do, bro. You look like a dude that would fence, dude. Yeah. I got to go to my fencing club tonight, fellas. (laughs) That does sound about right. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to (laughs) lie. All right, let's uh, let's move on to Pour Me Another. Uh, we had a couple things that we want to talk about this week. And, um, you know, just, again, Pour Me Another is our section that, uh, as Jordan called it, I think on our first episode a whole year ago, was the TMZ aspect of the podcast where we want to make sure that we touch on it, um, but it might not get its own kind of, uh, you know, full story on it. Um, so let's talk to the first one. It's going to be Deshaun Watson. This week we had uh, had some rumors of a big trade incorporated with Philadelphia. Um, in that rumor, it talked about um, Watson going to Philly and they were going to be getting Jalen Hurts, uh, a defensive tackle, Milton, Wilton, Milton Williams, the 2022 first round pick from the Colts the 2022 first round pick from Philadelphia and the 2023 first round pick. Um, do you think there's any legs behind this and, or what do you think happens to uh, Deshaun Watson this year? Well, I mean, I think from the Eagles standpoint, this tells us a lot. This tells us that they don't really trust Jalen Hurts. Although I do think that this is like, you know, we could buy very low on Deshaun Watson and hope everything goes away and he can play and get a great value or you know they trade for him and if there if there's gonna be a deal i see it being one of those deals where like all right i'll give you three first rounders but if deshaun watson never plays a game for the eagles then they'll turn into fifth rounders or something or six rounders yeah like that's how i see this that's why i say buy low sell high because i mean if you get deshaun watson i mean he's a massive upgrade over jalen hurts right And I would trade three first rounders for Deshaun Watson. So I think if you're the Eagles, it makes perfect sense. They said there's hurdles to be involved. I think those hurdles happen to be the 20 sexual assault allegations. So, Me too, yeah. <laughs> you know, until yep. that kind of gets settled down, I don't necessarily expect a trade because I don't think any NFL team is willing to trade what the Texans want for a quarterback that may not even play a snap in the NFL ever again. Yep. Yeah. No, you're 100% right um, on both accounts about uh, Philadelphia and how they, you know, they really see Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah. I think if you went, I think Hurts would be a, a decent pickup for Houston uh, because we know that they kind of want to tank um, and they could move him into more of a running quarterback like Watson, which they're kind of built into. Um, I think Hertz would definitely have a little bit of that aspect, not as much as, as Watson, but he could definitely fill that hole um, that they have. But well, I mean, if the right. Eagles are trading for Deshaun Watson, they're not trading Jalen Hurts. Yeah. 
unless they absolutely do not believe in him because of what I because we don't know if Watson will yeah. ever play, dude. Yeah. Um. But and that's that's the big thing. I mean, we're we're talking. This could be a, a grand jury indictment. This could be, you know, him yeah. being put on the commissioner's list. Um. Like, I think the crazier thing too, Ben, and I don't mean to interrupt, but like we've seen dudes get suspended from the NFL for less. Like yeah. we saw Ezekiel Elliott get suspended for six games for like what was it like taking a picture in the club or something like yeah it was crazy like suspended six games bro and this dude literally has 22 sexual assault allegations plus he has not only civil charges he has criminal charges against him and the nfl hasn't even come out and said this guy is suspended yet yeah like what are we fucking doing here yeah i think that's a big thing too is that the nfl is um they have to step in so yeah they're they're being so mum on this and allowing him to be at training camp um you know he hasn't even put his pads on once but he's still there he's still making money and if if this all comes to you know fruition that nothing that he did to those 22 women I think it's actually 24 now. Um, 24? Yeah. I think it's 22 that have have, uh, been with an indictment and then two that have, outside of that, who have gone to the Houston Police Department. Um, Yeah. So two most recent complaints with the HPD um, come from women who have not filed litigation against Watson to date. Um, So it could potentially be 24. so, like, why, you know, if this all comes down that he didn't do any of this, which it doesn't sound like is possible with 24 allegations against you, um, you know, then you pay him his back pay, but they should not be paying him right now, um, you know, and they should not be allowing him to be on the field in you know in the lineup as someone who could potentially play i would say it's like a distraction for the team but the team already fucking sucks because <laughs> i don't even think it like it matters dude. very true <laughs> very very true. all right let's move on to the next thing uh so we're gonna talk some soccer here so lionel messi this week was announced that he will not be returning to barcelona uh he's been there for ninth the last 17 years did i get that right one no, it hasn't been 21 years, dude. The guy's only fucking... Yeah, but he started in their program when he was 13. Oh, okay. So 20, 21 years with yeah. FC Barcelona. It was reported that he was willing to take 50% less of the salary, but FC Barcelona kind of said, nah. Um, and now he's expected to sign with PSG. Um, so what, what do you think about this, dude? This is a major movement in the football world. Then. Yeah. Um... You better not say, oh, you should go to MLS. Um, Because I was also looking at that. And so his last contract, $674 million over four years. So he's making $168.5 million a year, which is absolutely incredible. Um, And you look at the top, the revenue of the top MLS team is $78 million right now. So he was making the top MLS team. Yeah, the top revenue (laughs) of an MLS team. He personally was making more than double 
of the top MLS team made in how much does the top MLS team make? 78 million Atlanta United. Jesus. And he was making 168.5. So that's that's part of the reason why an MLS team can't sign him. Um, They like soccer in the South? Uh, Atlanta is one of the newer teams um, that is, I mean, they're like the Vegas Knights. They came in and they just did work. Um, so got a huge following behind them. Um, you know, you look at number two, LA Galaxy, 64 million. Like that's that's a, a third of what Messi was making. Um, so, you know, even when Messi said that he'd take half of his uh, salary to stay with, um, you know, with Barcelona, um, you know that was still 84 and a quarter million dollars and it's unfortunate they they did come with a gentleman's agreement but um you know la liga is dropping their salary so much from i think it's 600 million a year that they can offer down to 200 million a year so they nixed that contract even at 60 at 84 million um so that's crazy bro they think yeah that means dude fc barcelona they're not even one of the richest franchise i mean they're they're definitely top like five richest franchises in sports in the world but they're not even number one yep so messi's got 10 la liga championships um he's got four champions league uh wins 672 goals and 708 and 778 appearances um He's won 34 trophies in all, including six uh, Ballons de uh, Dior, which is the you know best player of the league. Um, and he's been named as the world's player of the year. Um, for them to lose this guy is it's incredible. And what I I was incredibly surprised to see was him come out at his press conference in tears, um, just saying that. Like last year, I wanted to leave, but now I don't, and that this is this is one of the hardest, you know. Oh yeah, he hell cried. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's on La Liga, and you know they they lost out a lot of money on COVID and. As did a lot of yep. leagues and shit. I don't blame them, man. PSG is gonna be good with him and Neymar. Yeah. Didn't they play together at FC Barcelona, though? Yeah. Yeah, he's going back to play with them. That's crazy. Any thoughts? I mean, you you answered everything, dude. I I just went over my minute and 30 seconds. I mean, you definitely answered. You you said everything I was going to say, man. All right, so let's uh, let's go on to our, our last kind of piece here. Um, we've got uh, the NBA. They're coming in and uh, investigating some tampering going on uh, with the Miami Heat, with uh, the Lowry trade, and the Chicago Bulls uh, with the Lonzo Ball trade. Both of these were um, sign-in trades happening within what an hour, less than an hour of the free agency opening, um, which Just definitely before that, yeah, which definitely throws some red flags into um, them reaching out to the players to you know get a get a number, get a plan for what's going to be happening. Uh, when the free agency opens. Uh, so what do you think about uh, the NBA going well, into that? So before that, I mean, these are deals that are getting announced days ahead of the moratorium opening. I mean, there's reports coming out. Sources are saying that Lonzo Ball has agreed to terms with the Chicago Bulls three days before the moratorium opens where they can actually legitimately agree to terms. Wow. Right. 
And so, I mean, this is ongoing. Like, this happens all the time in, yep. in NBA. The problem is, is that you have these front office moles that are leaking it to the media and announcing it and getting people in trouble. This happened to the Bucks last year with Bogdan Bogdanovich. They lost they, a second round pick. They lost a second round pick. They agreed to terms on a signing trade with Bogdan and shit went south because fucking Woj announced it early when it wasn't supposed to be announced and the Bucks got docked. This is exactly the same thing. So the NBA needs to do the same shit to these two teams. Yep. That they did to the Bucks. Period. Plain and simple. Like fair and square. Do I agree with it? No, because this shit is happening way beforehand. Like mm-hmm. it's already a known realization at this point. And I think that the NBA, once they go into free agency, they need to go into free agency. Like once the off season starts, this is why having the draft before free agency is a bad idea. They need to take after what the NFL does. They have free agency and then the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That needs to happen with the NBA too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right there. Um, and there's no question that, that things were getting done um, beforehand. I've heard that they're going to be, you know, checking call records, text records, you know, from cell phones and, um, you know, uh, you know, team landlines. Um, I mean, why? It's, it's For what? Fine. We know it happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know gonna, what I'm Well, like... yeah, but they have to they have to give their reasoning why. Um, I mean, the, but they're talking about, you know, since what, two years ago, they upped the, you know, the you know the the uh shit what's it called um tampering fines the fines thank you um so it's up to 10 million dollars it's uh you know forfeiting of picks and even you know possibly saying that the contract is void um you know if you know that that's how much somebody's making i'm uh you know and and i want you on my team i'm calling that agent saying i'm offering more so yeah but they don't necessarily have to take it i think the biggest problem is is that like you're asking players not to talk to each other like dude to say these players don't talk to each other to tell them not to talk to each other is like it's it's ludicrous dude like you know these guys nowadays they grew up playing together in aau and stuff so they're like friends at 16 and then they're in the nba together like they talk they're homies they're friends you know they want to play with each other like it's just stupid to me bro like and it was stupid to me when the bucks got docked like all parties agreed to the situation and the bucks get docked they they rescinded the trade and then docked the bucks because it was announced before more it wasn't even announced but reporters said that it was a done deal before the moratorium period even hit yeah yeah I mean, it's just, it's just re- ridiculous. Re-fucking-diculous, man. Absolutely. Well, perfect segue, because what's not ridiculous is our best bets of the week. Unless you're tailing me, because last week <laughs> I was 0-2. I'm 26-29-1 on the season having a rough start out here uh we're gonna get it back though and ben over here he had a he had a solid week man two and one he had three bets he went 30 29 and one but 
my guy over here, if you're counting the units, not doing not doing as good because he likes to take ultra favorites. What are you talking about? I'm just I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just my playing. I my just, bet was I had to hate uh, real quick. I had to minus, hate real quick. Uh, was 15 uh, a big of uh, 15 difference of what you're taking tonight. So yeah, all right, fair enough. So what's your what's your two best bets this week, Ben? Yeah, so we're gonna start with uh, the Chicago White Sox. We're gonna go first five uh, minus half a run over Minnesota. Um, you've got uh, Lucas Giolito on the hill. Um, who is who has a, a 0.93 ERA going up against Boo Burrows, uh, who has well, some places have it listed as a uh, as an 11 ERA, um, but if you look at Baseball Reference, it he is sporting a 8.59 ERA this season. He only has seven and a third innings pitched, um, has not started yet. Um, and has only been playing in four games. Um, so if you're going up against Chicago in your first start, um, you know, when we're in August, that's going to be a, a very difficult uh, situation to go through. Um, <laughs> you know, he's in that seven innings, he's allowed uh, nine hits, seven runs, um, which is difficult, very difficult. Um, you know, two, two home runs, five walks, um, not good not a good situation there um so we are going to go first five we're taking lucas giolito um at the 3.98 era against uh boo burrows but we'll take that as kind of easy money there um at minus half a run for that first five second uh bet we're going to go to is the we're going to stay in chicago we're going to take milwaukee um minus a run and a half over chicago um, since the All-Star break, Chicago is 8-14. and 14. Uh, Since the trade deadline, they're 2-6. and six. Um, Man, it is, they, they're struggling. If you look at their last, uh, last three games, they lost 3-9, um, 0-4, and 6-8. Um, that minus 1.5 runs would hit, and that was against the White Sox. So going up against an equally um, good offense, it's going to be very difficult for them. If you look at Chicago, you know, since the All-Star break, they're batting the whole 230. Um, and when they're going up against righties, they're only batting 222. Um, so, you know, with with Milwaukee, they just played San Francisco. I definitely watched that closely. Um, they started off the game really, really tight um, and then let San Francisco back in. Um, I would lean that first five minus half a run. Um, but... Chicago doesn't have a, a good bullpen either. So we're going to go, um, you know, full game, Milwaukee minus one and a half over Chicago. Nice, man. I like I like both those bets. I definitely like that Milwaukee one. I was actually going to throw that one on here, but I'm going to go separate. I'm going to go Yankees money line minus 170. The Yankees are facing the Kansas City Royals. The Royals are throwing Carlos Hernandez on the hill. He's 3-1 and one with a 4.35 ERA. But James Tyon is on the opposite side of the hill. He's 7-4 with a 4.04 ERA. But he has been absolutely fucking phenomenal uh, in his last, like, five or six starts. I mean, his last three starts, he has an ERA of 1.5, averaging over seven strikeouts a start in those as well. And the Yankees, honestly... I know they lost on Sunday, but they had five wins in a row before that. They are going on the road. 
I like James Tyon here. We're going to take the Yankees money line minus 170 in our second best bet of the day. We're going to go Padres minus one and a half runs. We got Joe Musgrove against Zach Thompson. You look at the numbers, Zach Thompson, two and four, 2.53 ERA. Miami Marlins have been absolute fucking dog shit since they traded Starlin Marte. I mean, we're talking three and seven in their last 10 games. On top of that, Zach Thompson has three L's in his last three starts, all of which he basically averages five innings per game. Isn't going deep, is a rookie. These are the dog days of summer. This is when you see rookies start to fade. I like the Padres here, minus one and a half runs. Joe Musgrove, 2.94 ERA, even better at home. I know the Padres are missing Tatis, but they got enough to get it done. Padres, minus one and a half. Yeah, like it. Definitely difficult when there's only five baseball games in a yeah, day. Yeah, there's not much. I was gonna, I was gonna bet some uh, NBA summer league, but that's like a stretch, dude. Yeah, that's always a crapshoot. There, definitely always a crapshoot. Um, all right, so that was the uh, the sports aspect of the podcast. We are going to be turning to the beer aspect of the podcast. Um, we had some some great beers kind of teased to us, and now it's time to see how they uh, how they kind of lived up. Um, so Jordan, you had that, you know, the first one was the, uh, the great notion pink lemonade. I'm excited to hear about that. And then you followed it up with the Omni Polo, I believe is how Omnipolo. you pronounce it. Yep. The ice creamy white chocolate stra- strawberry double IPA. So tell me about those two. So the great notion, I mean, we both drink great notion plenty of times. Great notion is a great brewing company. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this one a four out of five. This is a beer I'll drink again. It's easy to drink, tarty, which I like from my sours. I love that tart, the smacking of the lips. I love that shit. Definitely a four out of five. Doesn't have necessarily a ton of pink lemonade flavor, Mm -hmm. but still has those notes of pink lemonade, right? This Omnipolo, man, I'm pretty disappointed, dude. I'm not going to fucking lie. I might have gone into this uh you know expectations pretty high i'm actually this this is gonna be my lowest rating of all time dude this is gonna be a 2.75 out of five i would not i didn't pour it out i'm still gonna drink it i've been slow sipping it it doesn't taste like a double ipa like it doesn't have those earthy feels which you like would want from a double ipa i think i think they tried to do too much with this that's that's my take on this it doesn't taste like ice creamy it doesn't taste like white chocolate and the i don't taste any strawberry like i don't get any of those notes or flavors at all yeah like it literally just tastes like a double ipa fucking with lactose sugar like so probably super sweet not sweet necessarily it's almost like a disgusting taste huh like it's a weird mixture would have been one i i poured out even though i can't drink lactose um do me a favor look at the bottom of the can what's the brew date not listed i'm not listed could be a could be a situation where uh it either you know got hot um when it wasn't supposed to um or was a situation where it's been kind of over that three to six months area um and 
kind of lost, uh, not necessarily skunked, but lost that, that flavoring. Um, but true, you know, as a, what'd you say it was, it was a pricey beer. It was like 14, 15 bucks. I don't remember yeah. the exact price was around. And that's there. not something to, uh, you know, to, to check out again when you're, you know, when you're getting a pricey beer like that. So it's unfortunate, definitely unfortunate, uh, but it happens. Definitely happens. Um, you know, you may not like it, but somebody out there may have uh, you know, very may well could completely love it. So, and this um, could taste way different, like out of tap or yeah. like you said, like cold immediately. Like that could be a very huge reason why I didn't get those flavors that the brewers necessarily wanted to get out, you know? Yep. yep. Absolutely. So yeah, nothing against the brewer, just not your, not your palate. Definitely not your palate. Um, all right, so I had the, the two beers. The first beer I had was the collaboration between Hoofhearted uh, Brewing. I love that name too. And um, and it just shows the child that I am. Uh, and Abomination <laughs> Brewing Company. Um, so this is part of the 12% beer project uh, coming out of North Haven, Connecticut. Um, this was the 8.5%. Um, also thing that I liked here is it told you to drink it at 46 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. So, you know, I guess do that it was uh it was brewed on july 2nd so this is a very very fresh beer um and that was what the hell is his even that um i don't think i said the name of it when i first uh you know first announced it um this is the sour ipa with vanilla bean strawberry puree and strawberry power belts um it was good i'm gonna give this one a four out of five um you know eight five eight point five percent is is pretty high for me um, not something that i would normally uh drink a lot of but um it, it was strawberry i didn't necessarily taste the sourness of it um but it did definitely show the strawberry puree um crazy can art it uh to be honest i thought it was going to be green um because it uh, they do add let's see red number 40 and green number three um kind of weird that they tell you that but I didn't taste turmeric at all, but it was a, it was a decent beer. I, I drink it again. I don't know if I'd go out of my way. Um, so fours out of fives, I usually would go out of my way for it. So that means I'm going to drop it down to 3.9. Um, I'd like to try it on tap, but I think that's, uh, that's probably the only place that I'd try it again. But, Damn, dude. Yeah. It was we, good. Though. We both had some disappointing. Yeah. It was good. I drank it. I went through it. Um, you know, especially through our long baseball segment. Definitely uh, drank it through. But um uh, it's a shame because Ben, the last hoof hearted beer I had, I wasn't impressed either. Yeah. And again, not that it's a bad brewery. Um, I just think there's there's other sour IPAs that I've liked better than this one. Um, yeah. If I haven't had those sour IPAs, I probably would have given this a much higher of number. Um, but since we've now gone through what 52, 52 beers, episodes, baby. yeah, so 104 at least, plus all the ones that we've had an extra with our, um, you know, with our guests in yep. those rankings, you know, drinking on on Square Sharks, and I mean, I I drink a beer probably a day. Um, you know, when we don't do our episodes, I'm, I'm still drinking a beer, um, a day. So, or a bourbon, one of those two, 
but uh, <laughs> I, I have my drink a day. Um, but uh, you know, it's I've gone through some sour IPAs, and again, this just wasn't as good as the other ones I tried. Um, still a good beer, but you know, I feel like I, the more we do this, the more we get honest with the beers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, because we've had those, we have to compare them to the other beers that we've had. We now have a couple that we're we're at fives out of. And well, that's the thing too, is like, you know, I had that evil twin. And since then I haven't had a beer as good as that. <laughs> like I I'm telling you, Darla, that was like the last great beer I had that was of that caliber. And I have four coming to me tomorrow. They're getting dropped off. I'm so Let's excited. Go. I'm so excited. Thank you, Tavour. Um, Let's go. I think I actually have three evil twins in my uh, my Tavour box going. Oh no, sorry, two evil twins coming in my my Tavour box. One was dumb. One was another one of the ETs, which is the one that we absolutely love. Um, and then I just picked up that that um, uh, strawberry donut beer. Is a, yeah, it's a can't wait to hear from evil twin. Um, can't wait to hear that fucking 12 percent uh, jesus christ review on that though yep um but my second beer Pliny the elder um no question Damn, we haven't even got to your second beer yet. i know yep no question five out of five um i actually love this because it gives me an extra ounce and a half in the bottle um it's a little bit bigger of a bottle than a, a 16 ounce pint can um and i will take that ounce and a half or ounce and a quarter any day of the week um quality beer it's eight percent it doesn't taste like it um it drinks like a five percenter which is hundred uh, percent very yep. dangerous hundred um, percent i i mean i was done by the time we were halfway through um pour me another which yep. is again dangerous but it just shows the quality of this beer um this does have a a bottled date and this is actually a little bit older this is june 11th 21 um so it's fresh though because it's still close fresh, by yeah. so it didn't stay warm at any point yep um i'm lucky to be in the bay where i can have this at multiple most of the times of the year um there's sometimes where it's where it's out and you know we don't get our, our bottle allocations to our you know local you know, local bottle shops but uh yeah, when you come out here ben i need you to bring me some plan I, I will do that i brought a few last time i will continue to uh to do that and um you know one thing i i do want to also announce is that i'm going to be stepping up our beer game here um and i'm going to be i'm going to be uh starting you know the the beer classes and the beer courses um you know to to get more beer involved in this um you know i've already signed up for my first classes to be a, a official beer server um, which, yeah. is, which is part of the process of uh of uh you know of, of being a beer aficionado so Con- connoisseur uh, yep you got it um so yeah you'll be y'all will be learning a lot more about beer on here and um bringing bringing the taproom sports podcast to a, a whole new level fuck yeah love it all right so that was the podcast i forgot i had to go on to the next set yeah. <laughs> uh, i've been doing this for a whole year i should know uh i should know what i'm doing here um, but uh thank you everybody for listening out there it's been a great year a whole 52 fuck episodes yeah. of this 
Um, thank you for those who have been there for the whole year. Thank you for those who have been here for a week. Um, it is, uh, it's been a ton of fun and we look to make things even more, you know, enjoyable for y'all in the future. Um, we're definitely going to be pushing the, the Taproom Sports podcast more to that betting, uh, you know, aspect because this is where sports are going in the United States and we want to be in the forefront of that. Um, We'd be killing the we'd be killing the bets. Yep, Jordan is a a betting connoisseur, um, and uh, you know he's he's definitely moved me into this. So we are going to build on this. We are going to be even better uh, in year two, and uh, look for big things coming. Um, So make sure to follow us on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast. You can check out the network's Twitter at Taproom underscore sports. You can check out Jordan, which is at Jordan Rules TSP. I am uh, no Twitter Ben, um, so you ain't going to find me. Uh, Make sure to check out our Facebook at, you can just search Taproom Sports Podcast, uh, or you can check out our our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com. Make sure to check out our other podcasts you heard earlier about APR. Um, It's our football podcast that comes out every Thursday. Uh, Jordan and I are going to be uh, looking at uh, the program. Or sorry, we're going to be looking at Square Sharks. Man, I haven't had the program in a while there. Um, but we're going to be doing Square Sharks. Um, we might even be doing a little bit of a rebranding there. Um, but that's out multiple times a week where we just discuss a few games and we look at the best bets from those games. We've been hot, um, you know, on a, a cold spell and our cold spell is about 50%. So I cannot complain about that. Um, baseball, we are, we're shooting above 60, 60% on our sports bets in, in baseball this season. Yep. Killing baseball. Money, loving the bankroll right now. Um, but uh, make sure to check that out. But that's it. We've been here for a year. We're going to be here for at least a year more. I'm Big Ball and Penn Larson here with my co-host Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Let's Let's go. see you next week. Hey, and while we get out of here, got to say shout out Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch. I mean, Troy Palomalu. These are dudes I grew up watching in football. Yep. just amazing that we've been able to see these kind of athletes. So, so just blessed, man. Gotta say that. It's see crazy. All sharks. It's crazy that Peyton Manning has been was drafted. Was it? Oh no, sorry. Calvin Johnson was drafted, retired, and in the Hall of Fame all while Brady has been playing. Does it show you how good yep. how good Calvin Johnson was? Yep. And fuck the Rockies fans. Hold that one thing.